It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Windy where I was last night. I mean, really windy. Woke me up a couple of times. For some of you, you didn't get it, but you probably will a little bit later on today because that wind's going to start moving across to different areas of the state. Don Day will explain that. And his extended forecast at 645, and also I always talk with him at 745 live so we'll get the whole weekend weather forecast in for you for some of the high country areas. You did hear, yeah, a little bit of snow might move into the area. But the weekend actually might look pretty good for you. Okay, there's some actual news I have for you this time around. But I will be on vacation next week. So there's going to be a whole lot of uh, best of programs. And you can imagine my brain is already on vacation. So like anybody who's got his last day before he goes on vacation, why work this morning? Lots of screwing around. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I'm kind of confused as to which one I start with today, so I'll throw both by you here. Let me see. Uh, here in Wyoming, headline... Cowboy State Daily, half-naked Wyoming man. See, when the headline starts like that, it has your attention, like, right away. And then you got to wonder, half-naked? Which half? Half-naked Wyoming. Well, if he just has his shirt off, you could call him half-naked, right? No big thrill there. So what do you mean by half-naked, technically? All right. Half-naked Wyoming man convicted of shooting drunk, stoned Colorado tourist. Well, <laughs> that just uh, – and he's going to get a new trial for that. Okay. That kind of story just makes your day, right? I I'm putting that one off to the side. That's in the possibility of the first story of the morning. Of course, I'll read that later on this morning to those people who get up later. Let's see. Next story here. We go to Switzerland – and they're looking to ban the use of electric cars over this winter to save energy. Oh, sweet justice on that one. And vindication of things that I've been saying for a very long time. Jeez, which one? Well, I think it's an easy decision. We go with the half-naked guy who shot the Colorado guy. Can you guess the county? I just give you a moment here. Which county, which city do you think? Uh, Albany County is the answer. Albany County man convicted of shooting a Colorado tourist in Wyoming at a campground in 2020. We'll get a new trial. Uh, he was convicted in the state district court of aggravated assault for shooting 
a Boulder, Colorado man in the hip. Oh, the hip? So he missed the butt. Okay. I mean, it could have been like uh, left or right cheek there, but no, he he's a little off there. Well, he was drunk at the time, so if he was sober, he probably would have hit the guy right in the keister. All right. Anyway, that was happened in a campground near Centennial, summer of 2020. He was under the influence of, uh, oh, the Colorado guy, was under the influence of both alcohol and marijuana at the time and had been stumbling through the Wyoming guy's campsite. So the Wyoming guy contended with the Colorado guy, and there was a lot of bumping and shouting and, okay. The, the Wyoming guy is saying, I, look, I got to get some sleep here. So, let me see. Colorado guy serving a uh, four to eight year sentence at the Wyoming Honor Farm near Riverton, according to the Department of Corrections. The man's SUV is his castle. Oh, he was sleeping in his SUV. A man may have the right to defend his vehicle with gunfire if he has been sleeping in the vehicle. The Wyoming Supreme Court indicated in a remand order giving uh, the guy a new trial. So, in other words, uh, he was protecting his home at the time. Look, if you're camping and you're in your if, – if you're asleep at, in your house, you have a right to defend it. If you're asleep in your tent – you have a right to us or your camper. What if you're sleeping in your SUV? That's how you're camping. You have a right to defend yourself. Let's see. So, okay, here's here, they define what half naked is. He was wearing socks and underwear. Well, he was in bed, so he's wearing socks and underwear. Hmm. And quote, "You're lucky I'm a good shot." Yeah. So he shoots the guy. You're lucky I'm a good shot. Uh, okay. Not a good shot. He hit him in the hip. I mean, I'm thinking left or right butt cheek here, but he's going for the hip on this one. Okay, so eventually passersby discovered the pair and started helping the man who had been shot, who, of course, is uh, yelling and screaming and cussing and so on. Quote, you're lucky I'm a good shot. I could have killed you. I told you not to mess around with me. You get the idea of what's happening at the campground there. Let's see. So... Uh, the Wyoming guy also shot video of the Colorado guy as people rendered aid and so on. And, and also the the whole thing that started because this drunk stone Colorado guy is bumping his SUV, making noise in his campground, stuff like that. So that's where this whole thing. So Wyoming Supreme Court determined that both the uh, the question of whether the SUVs was a habitation, and whether bumping and rocking it could be forcible entry will be decided by a jury in this case. So here's the Wyoming guy trying to sleep in his SUV, and some both stoned and drunk Colorado guy is making noise in his campground and rocking the SUV and so on. And so the Wyoming guy gets up wearing nothing but underwear and socks, pulls his gun, and shoots the Colorado guy. And again, you're lucky I'm a good shot. No, you hit him in the hip. Pick a butt cheek. Shoot that instead. All right. Does that story kind of make your morning? Kind of did me too. And I did. Look, just just a side note here. So if you're going camping, some people when they go to bed, they'll sleep in their underwear and this guy's underwear and socks on because your feet get cold. You know. 
I always like to wear more than that because you never know what's going to happen. Now, when I think you never know what's going to happen, a campfire got out of control or maybe a, a bear showed up or something like that. Although I tend to sleep inside my vehicle as well. It's really comfortable in there and really safe, but that's what I tend to do, right? But I still make sure I have clothes on because you never know what's going to happen. Some drunk, stoned Colorado guy might just show up and start causing trouble in the middle of the night while I'm trying to sleep, and I might have to get up and shoot him in the butt. The butt, not the hip. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite episode? Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six eighteen is the time to wake up my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining. If you just tuned in, you missed it, but I'll go ahead and tell it later on this morning because it's too good. The story of the Colorado guy who was both stoned and drunk at a campsite and woke up a Wyoming guy who was trying to sleep in his SUV, and the Wyoming guy uh, who was half dressed at the time uh, shot him almost in the butt. Missed and hit the hip, but okay. Great story to open up the morning with, but all right. That's what you get for not getting up super early, just to just, just point out. But I'll tell it again later on, because I know people get up throughout the morning and continue to join us, so it's a good idea to repeat some things here. All right, let's go to Switzerland real quick. So we've had this conversation many times. Colorado, for example, they go through a particularly hot summer. And, of course, the wind and solar farms are not providing electricity, not even reliably. I mean, just in general, they don't produce the electricity that they were promised, and then they can't do it reliably beyond that, right? So they ask people to not charge their electric cars. And if they want to go all electric cars, I really know – I want to know what they expect to do with this. So we go to Switzerland. Looking to ban the use of electric cars this winter to save energy. Hmm. Story reads, Switzerland could be the first country to impose driving bans on electric cars in an emergency effort to ensure energy security. Several media reports that, um, well, this refers to a draft a piece of legislation or regulation to ban the use of electric uh, energy for cars and things like that. Specifically, the paper says the private use of electric cars will only be permitted for absolute necessary journeys. Uh, that would be if you're like a doctor, you have to go shopping because there's no food in the house, visiting a doctor. Oh, and they do put in there attending religious events. Also, stricter speed limits on the highways to save energy. Most of the electricity in Switzerland comes from hydropower. That's a good thing. However, the country also imports electricity from Germany and France. And you understand the problem with Germany and France. And you can, yes, blame the war in Ukraine as part of it. But they had problems long before that, trying to go all wind and solar. If there are bottlenecks, there's uh, electricity could be scarce in Switzerland. Now... I remember when gas prices skyrocketed, and there were those people who 
owned electric cars who tried saying, well, I don't have to worry about it. I own an electric car. Yeah, get a look at your electricity bill because that's skyrocketing too, genius. But then we have a problem of, oh, here comes wintertime and we're not going to be able to produce the reliable electricity that we need to produce in order to charge all these electric cars. So we can't let you guys drive your electric cars. What are you going to do now, genius? Switzerland, the story says, has various uh, escalation levels for its energy crisis. The ban on recharging electric vehicles would only go into effect when they reach a level three, according to the draft copy of the legislation that reporters obtained. Prior to that, governments would impose a limit on how hot your hot water could be or your washing machine or ban the use of electric leaf blowers and seat heaters in chairlifts. Yes, and seat heaters in chairlifts. But it would also limit uh, videos from streaming services, et cetera, et cetera. But so, once again, what if we just got reliable energy? See, we could solve this problem by just getting reliable energy. Gosh, how would we do that? Hmm. Put this story in context, the story says. Consider the fact that in June of this year, the European Union proposed a ban on new gas-powered cars by 2035. So here again, now, if everybody... That doesn't mean that they would get rid of all the gas-powered cars by 2035. They would try to phase it out by the only thing we're allowed to sell is electric cars from now on. So your gasoline-powered cars are slowly going to phase out. That's their idea. But let's go ahead and just say, okay, we're going to switch over overnight. Just, you know, magic powers and over overnight, we're now all driving electric cars in Europe. What exactly are they supposed to do to charge these things? Everybody's stuck now. People can't get around. Now, you think that's going to go over well. People who have enjoyed the freedom of the internal combustion engine so they can go anywhere they want, anytime they want. And now there's this. You're going to force these electric vehicles on us, and then there's this problem. Story says the decision was approved on June 29th by the 27-member group the ban on in the internal combustion engine was voted by the European Parliament, which the EU member states still have to approve. Effectively uh, marks the end of petrol, they say, and diesel-powered vehicles, as well as hybrid, which are currently experiencing a boom. In the future, only electric and hydrogen-powered models will be sold. Again, sounds like if you're thinking, well, Europe is definitely going to this, not necessarily. Because the way the European Union works is, okay, the European Union government voted on this. But each member state has to then adopt it. So it doesn't mean that this is passed yet. Now, 2035, about a decade away, if this proposal passes, Europe won't even allow hybrids to be sold. Only a fully electric vehicles and hydrogen-powered ones. So good luck finding a hydrogen recharging station, by the way. And unless they get their energy grid back under control, there's no guarantee you're going to find that electricity anyway, anywhere at all. Now, oftentimes, California likes looking to Europe. Well, Europe's doing it. It's a great idea because Europe's doing it. So we got to do it, too. And so there goes California. And you see what's been happening in California. 
right. Now, oftentimes, people like me make the case as to why this isn't going to work or why it isn't working. And we talk until we're blue in the face, but sometimes people just have to learn it the hard way. So let's just go ahead and learn it the hard way, Europe. And California, you go right ahead. Let's learn it the hard way. Morning, Greg. Greg is in Cheyenne. He's sending me a note over the app here. Story out of Europe, Belgium, I think. They're having problems with wolves. At first, the return of wolves was celebrated, but now, as pack expand as packs expand there's a problem yeah and europe also has always had a problem with authoritarianism so here once again th- this very idea this is what drives me now because i'm a free market guy especially being more of a libertarian guy i'm a free market guy so when i go out to buy a vehicle i want to go out and buy the vehicle that i want to buy But here's government coming along saying, you're not allowed to buy that. You have to buy this. Oh, by the way, what you just bought that we made you bought or buy, yeah, it's not going to work. Sorry. But what I had before was working fine. Yeah, well, so they're going to make me buy something, and then they're going to tell me that they can't provide the power to charge the sucker up. Morning, Jim. Jim is in Casper. You forgot the socialists, globalists want total control. So banning and limiting travel is another step towards that. And that's true, too. Well, and these are the same people, especially in Europe, but even here in America. Everybody's got to get on mass transit. One of the things that Americans love, and, and I would say actually anybody in the world, really, once a human being tastes it, is that freedom to travel. As soon as the internal combustion engine came around and we started building roads, people experienced a new kind of freedom. And it was celebrated, especially here in America. Remember that old TV commercial, See see the USA in your Chevrolet? The idea that you can just get into a vehicle and just go exploring the country, the open road. Hey, Jim, get into your airplane, your motorcycle, right? Go ahead and buy a big RV. And I know it's going to guzzle a lot of gas, but if you can afford to pay for it, buy it and go see the country. Go travel, go where you want to go, when you want to go there. Yes, there are people who would actually like to put an end to that. But what I and I think this says everything about who they are. They want to put an end to it for us, but not them, because they get to keep doing that. These are the same people who keep showing up in their corporate jets, being driven around in limousines and SUVs, treated to the like at the climate summit they just had in Egypt. After they all showed up in their corporate jets and rode around in their limousines, they all went to a exclusive dinner where they serve things like steak, the best on the planet. But they're telling us that we need to give up our vehicles, the ones we love, and we need to start eating bugs. Hmm. No. So it's for for us, it's never for them. That's why I love pointing out, you know, there's only one fat man in North Korea. This is the kind of world that they see. It's more about control and less about saving the planet. So all we have to do is keep an eye on Europe and California while we're at it as bad examples, examples of what not to do 
Don't do what they're doing, and we'll be fine. Now, I have an idea on how to do that. I've mentioned it before. We'll talk about it coming right up after news. So we have local news coming your way. Weather forecast after that. Some changes coming up in that forecast. Then you and I get back into it. Let's wake up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Jim and Casper again. Hey, Jim. On another subject, how did the federal government get the power to tell private industry that employees have to accept a contract they have rejected? I've been wondering about this. A lot of people have been asking me, and I've wondered about it too. So what Jim's talking about is the union contract that Congress is forcing on the unions and on the private company. They just, Congress decided to pass legislation and basically say, here's what you guys are going to do. And the question is, well, how does Congress get to decide that? Yeah, I kind of wonder that, too. I'd like to dig into that a little bit more to find out exactly how they have the right. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the union as well as the businesses involved should be able to turn to Congress and raise a single-fingered salute. You can't just pass legislation and then we just have to do business that way. These are independent contracts. This is why I say, as more of the libertarian guy, here's how I see business being run. Yes, we have a few rules to make the game fair, all right? Because there are people out there who, some make mistakes, but some really will take advantage whenever they can. They're not honest people. So, yes, government makes a few rules to make sure that businesses run fair. That's it. And then they watch to see if anyone's violating those rules. Other than that, it's a free-for-all. That's what laissez-faire capitalism. That came from when – this goes way back to a time in France when the economy was just falling apart. And the king at the time sent out someone into the cities – to ask business people, what can we do? And the answer was laissez-faire, which translated, leave us alone. In other words, quit trying to run businesses. We're in trouble here because you guys keep getting in the way. Get out of the way. Leave us alone. And that's when the economy works the best. And yes, businesses go out of business. Problems will happen. But it's up to the private sector to work those problems, and government is just here to keep people honest. So, no, I don't understand how Congress has the authority, and the president for that matter, to order. This is what the contract is going to look like between unions and the companies. 
and then just force it on them. I don't get that. I want to find out why they're allowed to do that. One more thing I was mentioning before. So I started in the last segment talking about in Europe and Switzerland particularly. If energy gets bad enough this winter, if they have enough of an energy crisis, they're going to tell electric car owners, sorry, you can't charge your car. But even before they do that, they're going to tell people, oh, and you got to dial back your water heater and you got to dial back your well, heating for your house and various other electric items because they're not producing enough electricity to take care of their population. Now, again, that's not something government should be doing. The private sector should be producing that electricity by any means that they want to produce it by, as long as they're doing it honestly. And clean, CO2 is not a pollution. It's not. But other than that, just keep make sure you're doing it clean and honest. That's all government should be involved in. So the same mistake is being made in states around America. So how do states like Wyoming, Texas, other such states stay out of this mess? Well, we don't have to do in every case what the feds tell us to do. And one of the ways the feds try to control us is because we've gotten on the hook for money. The feds keep distributing money, and we keep taking it like a crack addict. And so we do what we're told to do because we're afraid that money's not going to show up anymore. And we even do things like take money to put up electric vehicle charging stations around the state, but all sorts of other money the federal government gives us with multiple strings attached. To get off of that would get the government off our backs. And not just Wyoming, but we could work as a cooperative with other states that are like-minded. And so let states like California and the New England states and so on, let them make their bad decisions and fall apart. hate to see it, but meantime, if we're cooperating with like-minded states like Texas, the Dakotas and so on, and we do business with them, we'll be just fine. Get off the government dole do business with like-minded states and just ignore a lot of the mandates that the feds are trying to pass down because they're really not allowed to pass down these mandates. They're really not allowed to. We've allowed them to because we take the money that comes with strings attached. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather across Wyoming faster than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Six forty-eight is the time. Off we go. Let me talk to Dave and settle about sports and stuff. Uh, Dave, I got two great stories this morning. That's just going to make your whole weekend. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Now the second story I'll tell you later has to do with the half-naked Wyoming camper who shot the drunk stone Colorado camper in the butt. Oh, nice. You're just going to love that one. It's just great, yeah. Okay. And whenever someone says half-naked, I always have to wonder, which half are you talking about? <laughs> Describe, because he could have his shirt off and be half-naked. I mean, what do you mean right. by half-naked? But all right. right. This one, no. We're going to go to Cheyenne, Wyoming. So there's three suspects. Uh, they're dangerous. SWAT team shows up at some old wreck of a house. And they go in there to the guys, just give up. They see SWAT, at the, forget it, okay, take me in. The third guy decides to barricade himself in a room upstairs. Now, Never I see the... Good. Yeah, no, see, I see the first problem here as, so what do you, what's your plan here? 
you're going to hang out barricaded in upstairs until what? They get bored and go home? Because I don't I see guess, that. Yeah, no, I, I don't, don't think it still works out for you very much. No, well. it just doesn't work out, no. But instead, so the uh, the SWAT team's downstairs, and they're looking at some of their favorite toys, you know, like battering rams and tear gas. And I suppose these guys are getting all excited to get on with this, go upstairs and, you know, bust down that door and bring the guy out. But right. they don't have to. Because, like I said, this is an old abandoned house. And the floor rips open or the ceiling above the SWAT team, and he just falls down right in the middle of all those cops. <laughs> <laughs> Falls down. Oh, that's just classic. Yeah. Now, the way I see it, though, first off, this guy is uh, on every level just the biggest kind of loser. He's got SWAT team after him on multiple charges. He thinks right. barricading himself in is going to work, and also because of that floor, that's got to be like the worst luck ever, right? Right. Okay. On the other hand, I feel bad for the SWAT team because they finally get a chance to use battering rams and tear gas and flashbang grenades and all of that, and now they can't because this guy fell through the floor. Right. You you don't get to quite uh, carry out what you really want to do tactically. Yeah. You see, you've been training with this stuff for years, and you finally get a chance to use it in real life, and nope, guy's got to drop right in your lap, literally. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Glenn. Let's talk a little basketball this morning. The University of Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team begins a three-game homestand tonight as they take on the Montana State Bobcats out of the Big Sky Conference. 6.30 start at the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. You can listen to the game on KOWB in Laramie. The Cowgirls coming off a split last weekend at the Tiger Turkey Tip-Off out in Stockton, California. So they come in with a 3-3 three and three record. Montana State, the preseason favorite in the Big Sky Conference and led by a pair of all Big Sky performers in Darian White and Cola Bad Bear. White was the preseason player of the year in the league. He's averaging almost 13 points and six rebounds per game. And then you've got another double-figure scorer in Leah Beatty and uh, Bad Bear right now averaging just under double figures at 9.8 per contest. Uh, Montana State is a very difficult program. In fact, they actually lead the overall series with the Cowgirls, 12 wins to nine for Wyoming. And for the Wyoming Cowgirls, head coach, Heather Ezell admitted there's still more that we need to learn about this team. Just still trying to figure out where some scoring's going to come when, when Allison's not getting going or, or Quinn's not showing up. Obviously, we've seen what Grace has been able to do uh, for us, which is huge, but still need a, another player to step up in that role when, you know, hey, things aren't going well. Who else can we get to, to get in that scoring column? Um, and then for us, it's just continuing to develop, you know, on the defensive end. Uh, obviously, that's where we hang our hat and. We can continue to get better at that, especially our young kids just understanding the system. That's a 6.30 start tonight at the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowboys will be back in action at home for the first time in 20 days when they host Grand Canyon tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Arena Auditorium. It'll be the first of three straight home contests for the Pokes. Cowboys have dropped their last three and four, their last five. They're three and four coming off that loss uh, against Santa Clara on Wednesday on the neutral side. Head coach Jeff Linder said, got to find a way to build on what we did shot making in that game on Wednesday. I'm glad that, you know, we were able to make shots against a, a good defensive team. I mean, uh, one of the better defensive teams uh, in the country based off the numbers thus far this year. And so for us to kind of execute the game plan, not knowing whether we were going to have Maldo or not, and I thought our guys did a tremendous job and they, and they got the shots that we needed to get. And when we go back and watch the film, I thought there was a lot of shots that they got open looks. And, and for the most part, our guys did a good job of knocking them down. The Cowboys will face the Lopes team that is six and 6-2 on the season. Wyoming won at Grand Canyon last year, 68-61. 
Again, that's a 2 o'clock start tomorrow at the Arena Auditorium. 1.30 broadcast on Key 2 and Casper and Y95 in Laramie. And also from the University of Wyoming, the Ted Hendricks and Ted Hendricks Foundation have announced its final watch list for the Ted Hendricks Award. and includes Wyoming sophomore defensive end Devon Harris and some uh, some bad portal transfer news for Wyoming. Two-time All-American wrestler Stephen Buchanan has left the Cowboy Wrestling Program and has entered his name into the transfer portal for uh, Mark Branch's squad. That is your sports this hour. Thank you, David. We'll do it again next hour. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Open phones, by the way. 888-97 Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's open phones all the way. Now, a lot of hosts only do open phones on Friday. I give it to you every day of the week. At some point, you're going to get open phones. But on Friday, it's the entire program open to close. So at any time, you can call, interrupt me, change the subject, fine by me. I will be out all next week. So there's going to be a whole load of uh, repeat programs next week on the this radio station or the app that you listen to. So if you want to go ahead and vent, get it out of your system for a while, now's a good time to do it. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Oh, by the way, speaking of Dave and San Francisco... I do have several San Francisco stories to pick on later on in this program today, just because it's so much fun to do it. Well, Dave has called this program telling us in Wyoming what we're doing wrong and why we should do it the way they do it. Meantime, you know what a mess San Francisco is, right? Okay, so I'll remind you of that. Now, here's from Cowboy State Daily. Here's a picture of an outhouse. And in the background, the Grand Tetons. Headline, researchers explore turning human poop into clean energy. Oh, gosh, great. No, there, Look, there's a lot of potential energy there. You know that. That's why you ran to the bathroom in the first place, because of all of that potential energy. You get it. Researchers at Wyoming State University are developing a new way to treat sewage, which will convert leftover sludge into natural gas. Now, this is one case. They say renewable natural gas. This is one case where they might be correct, but okay. Wyoming is also exploring 
natural gas production by using byproducts from gas from sewage treatment. And energy companies are developing it from coal seams in the Powder River Basin. Now, this all sounds great, but realize the cult of climate change is even trying to shut down natural gas. What these companies are looking at is, well, all of this sludge, this gross... I'm sorry, were you eating breakfast? I'm sorry. Well, we're into it now. Might as well finish the story. So all of this sludge that we're talking about does produce a lot of natural gases of various kinds. Methane, for one, but there's natural gases. So the idea is, well, as long as it's producing it naturally, why not just capture it and use it? There it is. And you might be really surprised. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't be. If you take a look at how much human waste there is, quite a bit. So why not just capture it and use it? For that matter, in some places around the country, they actually go to... uh, Landfills, just a regular landfill where we throw our garbage out. And that can produce a lot of natural gases, methane in particular. And there are some of these sites where they actually capture the gases and use it. In most cases, they use it right on site to run the equipment that in order to keep the landfill operating, they capture the natural gases that come out of the landfill and use it as fuel Because there it is. Might as well go ahead and use it, right? All right. So the spokesperson said that the uh, university here in Wyoming method will pre-treat sewage with high-pressure steam, which contains oxygen, which makes it easier to biodegrade. As a result, the method allowed researchers to convert about uh, more than 85% of the sewage sludge into methane which can be used to produce electricity. Now, again, I'm not in, opposed to an idea like this. There's energy right there. It's potentially, can you do it in an affordable, cost-effective way? Then do it. Is there a profit to be made? Is it reliable energy? Well, then do it. But remember, it's your cult of climate change that wants to shut down anything that is coal, gas, and oil. Oh, and by the way, I've I've had the conversation with you guys before. There is no such thing as a fossil fuel. We keep saying fossil fuels. Energy does not come from fossils. In the case of natural gases, that's from, well, organic material. As things are breaking down, it releases some gases. And I say gases because it depends on what's breaking down and how it's breaking down. So... Here, natural gas, in this case, the methane, is is from an organic source that's breaking down, not from fossils. So a report on the research published in the journal Waste Management, pause. Yes, the journal Waste Management. Oh, I'm sure you have a copy of that on your coffee table at home, right? To impress your friends. You got friends, you got company coming over for the holidays. You lay out the magazines on the coffee table so people are impressed with what you read. And right there at the top big coffee table size magazine, the Journal of Waste Management, that is actually a magazine. It notes that more than 13.84 million U.S. dry tons of sewage is produced annually in the United States. 
from publicly owned treatment works or wastewater treatment facilities. So in other words, America is full of it. And it can be used to produce electricity. So the story, again, Cowboy State Daily says, you mean you, using human sewage to produce energy is nothing new. The wastewater treatment plant in Washington, D.C. Oh, go ahead. Write your jokes on that one. Oh, God. Yes, the wastewater treatment plant in Washington, D.C. Is that you just go ahead and think about all the crap that flows into that thing, which is the largest consumer of electricity in the nation's capital has been converting poop into power since 2015. The system produces leftover solids from wastewater treatment into methane gas or processes, which is used to turn three, five megawatt turbines. The power production supplies one third of the plant's energy needs, which is the largest advanced underwater treatment plant in the world. So could it work here? Wyoming doesn't have many people not like the nation's capital, and we're not full of it like the nation's capital is. But at least one wastewater treatment facility in the Cowboy State has enough waste energy. Brandon Price Wastewater Management from the city of Gillette said its sewage treatment facility captures methane to burn in the boilers for heat. So once again, they already use it. They have this treatment plant. There's methane already coming out of it naturally. Capture it, use it for the boilers that they need. It's kind of a byproduct in the digestion process, they say. We just capture the gas. Reuters reports the research at a South Korean university developing eco-friendly toilet, which is connected to a laboratory that uses excrement to produce methane. The toilet uses a vacuum pump to send uh, number two into an underground tank, which reduces the amount of water it uses. Once the feedstock is secured in the tank, the microorganisms break it down into methane, which is then used as an energy source where all the toilets are located. Now, a Colorado-based company, Clean Fuels is developing a... Now, you've got to throw out buzzwords like that. When you're doing anything today, you've got to say clean, sustainable, green. If you throw out the right buzzwords, you're good, which is why I pointed out to you many times, and, and I might again later this morning, this program here is involved in carbon capture, and it is sustainable, and we use recycled material for this radio show. This is a green, sustainable radio program. I can prove it using their own metrics. But all right. So this Colorado-based company developing a facility, Powder River Basin, that will use non-productive uh, coal bed methane reserves and agricultural byproducts for natural gas. Now, they always have to say renewable natural gas. They can't just say natural gas. They have to throw the buzzword out there. So it's renewable natural gas. Noah Yates, vice president of finance and strategy operations for Cowboy Clean Fuels. See what they're doing there? They can't just say Cowboy Fuels. It's got to be Cowboy Clean Fuels. Got to throw the buzzwords in there. I'm surprised he doesn't throw in sustainable as well. The company name should be Cowboy Clean Sustainable Fuels. 
throw in as many buzzwords as possible. Then you're okay because you got a virtue signal, you know. He told Cowboy State Daily the facility will move toward commercialization next year. Coal seems act as natural bioreactors for agricultural byproducts. So the process produces carbon dioxide and methane. The carbon dioxide is captured and not vented. You can go ahead and vent it. That's okay. It's okay to vent CO2. It is not a pollutant. It is good for the planet. And Yates said, the process isn't being used elsewhere in the world. He says Cowboy Clean Fuels is the exclusive global license of the RNG Production Technology Development University of Wyoming, and therefore the only company in the world that's currently using it, commercializing it. Yates said the agricultural byproduct in the process are not a manure, but a variety of feedstocks that are byproducts from various agricultural processes common to the Rocky Mountains and the Great Plains. All these great ideas, I'm all in favor of it. Go for it. Can you please stop virtuous signaling? By the way, what I'm about to play for you, I've played for you before, and you thought I was kidding. Well, no. America is facing an ongoing energy crisis. As oil gets scarcer, gasoline gets more expensive, and the planet suffers. Electric cars? Most of their electricity comes from coal-fired plants or nuclear reactors. So what's the answer? How about a car that's good-looking, affordable, and runs on clean, environmentally responsible natural gas? Your natural gas. Introducing the Flatula Backfire. It runs like the wind because it's running on wind. Here's how it works. Using state-of-the-art sanitary technology, Flatula captures all your emissions and efficiently channels them directly to a powerful turbocharged engine. It's clean energy, green energy, and best of all, it's renewable. The backfire's range is practically unlimited, but if you should happen to run low, don't worry. You're never too far from a Flatula authorized service center where trained, qualified providers stand ready to fill your tank with the gas that's right for your driving needs. Flatula Backfire. It's not just a smart car, it's the fart car. Need to cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortion. No, cognitive distortions. Hagen-Dazs dispersion. Getting further away. Cognitive distortions. I don't know what you're saying. It's when you think things are different than how they actually are. Oh, like imaginary. Kind of, but bad imaginary. No way. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. By letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 725 is the time to wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I was talking a moment ago about, okay, using excrement in all the different ways we can to grab the methane that comes out of that. Once again, Natural gases are not fossil fuels. They don't come from fossils. They come from digesting or decaying organic material. Things breaking down create these kinds of gases. So there's no fossil in that. And yes, because some CO2 is produced, I don't think as much as just regular burning, just straight up, let's say, gasoline. But still, they treat this as if it's some kind of a pollutant. Now, get a load of this. It's a story, first off, from Wyoming Public Media. Wyoming utility regulators discuss implementing carbon capture. See, again, 
Wyoming should just not be involved in that. We should be pushing the science. CO2 is not a pollutant. No, we're not in some climate crisis. Story says Wyoming state law requires public utilities to make a plan for using carbon capture to produce some of their energy. And uh, state utility regulators are still trying to figure out how to do that. Well, that's see, there again, I want to turn to the legislators in the state of Wyoming. Why do we have a law in Wyoming that requires public utilities to carbon capture for any reason? And when I ask legislators, do you believe that CO2 is a pollutant and we're in a climate crisis, the vast majority of them say, well, no. Then why do this? And their answer is, well, we have to do something to keep our our energy viable because in other words, you're trying to appease the cult of climate change on this. My answer to that is, how's that working for you? Just stop doing it. It doesn't matter. They want everything we do shut down. You can't appease them. Wyoming Public Service Commission deliberated Rocky Mountain Power's initial application that outlines the logistics for introducing carbon capture technology to some of the coal fire plants, which is now required under House Bill 200. Some see carbon capture as a way to meet climate goals while still using coal. And do we believe some people in the state of Wyoming do? I know, but let's ask our legislative body. That CO2 is a pollutant and is causing climate change. I know some of this is a push from the federal government on us. And this is a reaction from our legislators. Earlier this fall, Rocky Mountain Power testified the transition would be costly to customers and likely reduce the reliability of the plants. Okay, so you're going to do something that doesn't do anything to change the climate. It's going to be extremely expensive and your electric bill is going to skyrocket and our energy, even our coal energy, will become less reliable. Quote, it's not optional. Any reluctance on the part of the company or parties is really not just relevant. The statue is what the statute is, said one person. Okay, um, this is, let's see, uh, Commissioner Mary Throne. We have to move forward with this plan. It's not optional. Get rid of the plan. Get rid of it. The commission is tasked with determining what percentage of uh, utilities' energy production should include carbon capture. However, they choose not to set that standard quite yet. Hmm. See, again, this is, and I love this. Well, it's not optional, it's the law. Well, get rid of the law. How about that? 729. Hey, sister dear, a little bit of snow coming down in my area right now. Gee, I ought to take a vacation. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming our way. Right after local news, update on the weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again where I have another story about carbon capture. This is with the University of Wyoming. We'll go through that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
36 is the time it's wake up Wyoming. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny, Mary. I walked in to chat with Miss Mary, and when I had said, oh, yeah, it's snowing outside right now. And she's working at her desk with her back to her, the window. And the windows, windows behind her take up the entire wall. She's upstairs. She can look outside with just this huge you know, group of windows. And so just not snowing out there. And she turns around and, oh, Lord. Yeah, it's coming down pretty good. So last night we got a lot of wind. Now there's piles of snow. Oh, by the way, I put up an article yesterday, and it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. Let me grab that. Eh, hang on. I just, just reduced exactly what I was looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. So I like to pick on what was said some years ago, back in 2000, by David Vitter, who was a climate researcher at the University of East Anglia and works with the United Nations, of course, on their climate research and so on. And he said back in 2000, snowfalls are now a thing of the past. Children are just not going to know what it is. In which case, I encourage you at this point, are your kids still home? Okay, get them outside. There's all this snow coming down. Apparently, they don't know what that is, and you're going to have to explain it to them. So there's this story here from the UK Independent. That was that one where he said it was a thing of the past. Well, Northern Hemisphere snow extent. Now, that's not just North America and, you know, that Canada and so on. But that's also Europe and Russia and Northern Asia and so on. The Northern Hemisphere, okay? It's, this is the highest amount of snow they've had in 56 years. Yeah, this is the largest northern hemisphere snow extent in 56 years right now. I have a story in the Wake Up Wyoming site. You can go ahead and take a look at it, watch a video on it, all that kind of stuff. See the information for yourself. I was first made aware of it because our own meteorologist, who will be on with me in a few minutes, Don Day from Dayweather, mentioned it in one of his video casts. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that. So I went ahead and looked everything up. Now, real quick, back to the carbon capture thing. Buffalo Bulletin is what I'm reading from here in Wyoming. UW to offer new credentials in carbon capture energy. University of Wyoming Board of Trustees approved a new multiple education track for students during this November. UW will now offer a certificate program in carbon capture utilization and storage in land administration. Carbon capture has gained popularity over the years, and UW recognizes, well, this is a line of work that people will be getting into, basically. So that's how they can go ahead and get the certificate for that. Once again, let's talk about how useless this is. It's not a pollutant. Capturing it is not going to suddenly improve the climate. The climate's always changing. So this is completely useless. And capturing CO2 from power plants makes your energy more expensive, will do nothing to save the planet, and will make energy less reliable and we need if anything affordable reliable energy or we can just run everything on unicorn farts yeah i was making an excuse to play this again we now return you to another thrilling episode of social justice warrior in our last episode our exciting car chase has begun as average white guy takes off in his big diesel powered pickup truck a rolling coal of course then our social justice warrior is in pursuit in an electric vehicle that he stole from his mom, which runs on unicorn farts. Let's join the exciting chase.
it's a cold night. Inhappenings are so, so just as Warrior has prematurely run out of unicorn farts. <laughs> Take that mask off. I can't understand you. <laughs> Both of them. The plexiglass face shield, too. Lord, it's hard to breathe with all of that. If the chase is over... What's the matter? Run out of unicorn farts? Well, you know, cold weather causes shrinkage in electric vehicles. Get out of the car. What are you going to do to me? I'm going to be neighborly and charge your car for you. Stick this in your tailpipe. This diesel truck can charge your vehicle, and we need to get your pink Mary Kay car back to your mom before she wakes up. I really don't have to. <laughs> oh, this is sheer torture for our social justice warrior. Will this car be charged in time to get it home before mommy wakes up? No, oh, this is going to cause nightmares for real. Join us next week as our social justice warrior tries to explain this to mommy. Got to get Don Day on the line. He's going to explain our weekend weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite? Len Woods is on the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time to wake up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, I knew snow was coming this morning. I looked outside just a few minutes ago, and I honestly didn't think that much. It's coming down pretty good right now. Yeah, this is the front. We're right on the leading edge of the front, at least in the Casper area at this point in time. And uh, the snow bands are snow showers are pretty heavy with this front. This has been the history of it. You have uh, the strong winds, falling temperatures. They have a pretty uh, good band of snow showers, but this front is moving so fast that the the period of time that these heavy snow showers around won't be too long. But they're enough to drop an inch or two up to three in some spots. Not everywhere, but in some areas. Okay, so I know you got a travel report coming up in uh, about a half hour from now. But still, what is this going to do to impact travel? I-25, I-80, of course. Well, yeah, we've already got pretty poor travel along the I-80 corridor uh, west of Laramie. To Rollins, Evanston, Chain Law is in effect on I-80 near Evanston. South Pass is closed. Teton Pass had to be closed for avalanche control, 21 inches of snow at the Jackson Hole wow. ski area. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, this is going to impact travel for sure. Uh, the good news, though, it's a really fast-moving front. But I tell you, traveling this morning uh, through early afternoon is going to be the worst of it. It'll start to improve by later. Today. Okay, so as always, as Coach Sports looking into the weekend too, our exit strategy, and you were semi optimistic about a nice weekend. Yeah, it's just going to be chilly. Uh, okay. uh, don't don't expect any uh, mild weather. We're going to be 30s to near 40 for highs. There'll be some snow showers around the high country, but there's not a lot happening uh, tomorrow or Sunday. Now Sunday night into Monday, we have a backdoor cold front coming in from the northeast and parts of northern, central, and eastern Wyoming. Sunday night into Monday could be looking at not a lot, but a little bit of light snow, and then temperatures will go backwards uh, Monday and Tuesday. So it's going to be very much, well, I, it's December, and it's going right. to act very much that way. Are you still at the point, though, when, because, I, again, I watch your, you know, Cowboy State Daily little podcast on YouTube there, and there's so much going on north of us. Are you still looking at the 10-day forecast and saying don't even bother? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be that way. I mean, uh, we do see 
an active pattern next week, especially late next week. Something's coming in, uh, whether or not it's it's major or minor, we we don't know. But I tell you, every time the new modeling runs, which right. is every six hours, it's a different story oh. every time. And so you just got to kind of grin and bear it and just okay. kind of take it one day at a time. That old saying, don't like Wyoming weather, wait five minutes. There you go. All right, have a great weekend. That's Don Day from Day Weather. Well... I just wanted to see if I can get out of them what your weekend weather forecast was going to be like. And it looks like overall that's not bad. I mean, we're we're doing a pretty good job. Just on the cold side, the wind is out of the picture. That's nice to see anyway. Dave Settle joins us from Laramie. Okay, Dave, I had promised you a story last hour, and I have it for you. We begin with a half-naked Wyoming man. That's uh, not always a good thing. No, not not well. And then, as I asked the question last hour, if it's a half naked guy, which half? I mean, that you can take your shirt off and be half naked, but no. In this case, he's camping, and kind of like me, he just decides to use his SUV as a camper, right? And so he makes the mistake, I think, of going to bed in just his underwear and socks. Now. I always like to sleep with something on because you know what if the house catches fire? You know, right? Yeah. You, you want to be wearing something. Yeah. Okay. So he's trying to sleep, and this guy who is first off, he's from Colorado. There's your first problem, right? <laughs> yes. He's not only drunk, but he's stoned. So he's got both going on. He's uh, take he's toking while drinking, both at the okay. same time. Okay. So now we have like three strikes you're out. He's smoking pot, he's drinking beer, and he's from Colorado. All right. So Isn't he not the trifecta, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so right there he ought to be shot. But okay. It gets worse. <laughs> so he goes is as he's staggering around the campgrounds here in Wyoming, he winds up in the campsite of the Wyoming man who is in his SUV trying to get some sleep in his underwear and socks. Sure. And so he's making noise, and now he's, you know, yelling loudly and rocking the SUV. This then gets into a confrontation where the Colorado guy ends up getting shot in the hip. Now, the Wyoming man in court said, be lucky I'm a good shot. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. You missed his butt. I was going to say, okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, if I shot you in the hip. No, no. Pick a cheek, take it out, but not in the hip anyway. Okay, so this goes to court, and this is where the court has decided, the Wyoming Supreme Court has gone that far, that this has to go back to a jury trial because part of what has to be decided, and this is if you think it's been weird up to now, okay, this is where it has to be decided. So let's say someone breaks into your house you are allowed to defend yourself with lethal force, right? right? Right. You're in your tent or your camper, lethal force. You're in your is your RV a home? If the guy is outside making noise and rocking your RV, is he trying to break and enter? Is your life in danger? We let a jury decide. Okay. Okay. So add that to, yeah. It gets kind of complicated, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. This is, once again, add this to the list of reasons why we shouldn't let Colorado people camp in Wyoming. There you go. All right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's the first December in, uh, uh, first Friday in December, rather. And, uh, hey, Wyo Preps preseason coaches and media, girls and boys basketball polls have been released from Wyo Preps. Uh, coaches and media voting over the last week and a half or so. And 
Here we go. Girls preseason poll in Class 4A. Cody is the preseason favorite. Even though two-time defending champion Shinese got more number one votes, it was the second-place votes that put Cody on top. East is second, then Thunder Basin, Campbell County, and Natrona County round out the top five. The Cheyenne Central and Laramie girls, as well as Kelly Walsh girls, were some of the teams that picked up votes in 4A. 3A goes Douglas on top. They've won the last two 3A. And then Lyman, Newcastle, Buffalo, and Mountain View round out the top five. In 2A, it's Rocky Mountain, the defending champions first, followed by Wyoming Indian, then Tongue River, Burns, and Sundance. In 1A, girls, the preseason choice is the only unanimous number one in the preseason poll, the Southeast Cyclones, with all 13 first-place votes in the 1A girls preseason rankings. Then it's Cokeville, Burlington, and Upton tied for third, and Riverside checks in at number five. In the boys' preseason poll, Shine East is the favorite in 4A boys. Runner-up last season, Thunderbirds received 11 first-place votes. Defending champion Thunder Basin got the other six first-place votes. They're second. Then Cheyenne Central, Kelly Walsh, and Sheridan round out the top five. You did have Natrona County and Laramie boys pick up at least one vote. 3A, Douglas is on top. Then it's Worland, Buffalo, Powell, and Lyman. The oddity in 3A boys in the preseason rankings Defending champion Rollins, the only defending champion not in the top five. 2A is led by defending champion Pine Bluffs. The Hornet boys picked up all but one first-place vote. Bighorn and Tongue River tied for second. Then it's Wind River and Rocky Mountain. Upton is the uh, number one choice. And 1A boys, the defending champion Bobcats, were one of five teams that received votes for number one in 1A boys. Saratoga is only three points back in second. Then Burlington, Dubois, and Southeast round out the top five. And uh, you'll be able to check out the complete voting breakdown and the ranking story at wildpreps.com and on the Wild Preps app here in just a matter of minutes. That is your sports this hour. We'll come back and talk more Wyoming basketball and other UW sports news coming up next hour. That's all I got for you this I hour. I just and came we're across. We're a week away from high school basketball oh, starting week? Wow. I just yep. came across something that I think is uh, very accurate. There's a car in a parking lot at a shopping center with the window cracked just a bit and a note that says, he's okay, he has water and treats, I'm Christmas shopping, but I'll be back to walk him <laughs> soon. And it's her husband. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave, we'll do it again next hour. Coming up on some local business. We have to. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. My sister is determined to give you guys a hard time about the weather. Yes. Uh, eight, it's uh, 8.06 is when I come back on the air, sister dear. So call just a minute before, like 5. You get the idea. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday where I am. It's snowing out. For some of you, it's either snowing or it's really windy. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, 
and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So by the way, I'll be picking on San Francisco next. I got it all lined up. But mainly I played that disclaimer because my sister's on the phone. Hey, uh, sister dear. Yes. Miss Mary almost spelled your name properly this time. She Wow. <laughs> she gets it real close every time, but never quite. So this time it was L O R E L A I and that's the closest oh, very she's close. very close. She's one letter away very from close. getting it correct this time. I, I've had so much worse. I can't believe it. Yeah. Okay, so it's snowing here. Last night the wind woke me up several times. This morning, the yeah. snow is piling up out there, so uh, I need a vacation. Yeah, and it's too bad the wind didn't just blow you to Florida. Yeah. I'm outside, and I don't even know. It's probably 70-something, Yeah, and it's so sunny. Like, you should see what the sun looks like. You should come here and see that. It's yeah, pretty- I know. Okay, so if I were like to get a plane <laughs> ticket in it. By the way, this is yeah. the time of year to do this. I found out mm-hmm. if you get a plane ticket between holidays, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, boy, can you get some yeah. rock-bottom deals on some great flights. So for just a couple hundred bucks, I'm... I'm heading out to see a round trip, by the way. You got a real, yeah, you got a stinking good deal. Because if you go to Wyoming in July, like I did, yeah. everybody's going to Wyoming in July and you pay the big the big bucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a so, couple hundred yeah. bucks round trip anyway. So daytime high down there is what, like 80? Yeah, at the most it'll be 80 today. I just had my long sleeve sweater on because our office is down to 70. That's oh. burr. <laughs> Yeah. So, so. Let, me, let me tell you what I was yeah. doing yesterday to plan for this trip, and this is, I just had me <laughs> chuckling while I was doing it. So I pulled out my little, you know, travel bag thing, and I start pulling mm-hmm. out short pants and light, you know, southern shirts that I normally wear. Do you own some of those? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm wow. sitting here in the studio <laughs> with a big, heavy flannel shirt on and a long sleeve t shirt in the studio. All right. But now long when I sleeve t-shirt. yes, oh yeah, a very thick long sleeve t-shirt too. But I'm packing my summer gear to come down and visit you. Yes, and you do you own flip flops? No, I don't anymore. Well, you know, in Florida, we we have like ten pair out our back door yeah. just in case people from Wyoming to come to visit. No, no, I see. Here's my problem with that. Uh, my foot is size thirteen. <laughs> I one time yeah, picked up a flip flop and it looked like I was picking up water skis. <laughs> so, but I have told people where we grew up on Sanibel Captiva, I told people what the basic dress was. So you can go to church or a business meeting. It was mm-hmm. uh, pleated khaki shorts. That's, those are the dress yep. pants. And of course, a Hawaiian cut shirt. It doesn't have to be a Hawaiian shirt, but that <laughs> Hawaiian cut. And then uh, boat shoes, no socks. Right. No, definitely no. What would you need socks for? Uh, they get wet because you're going to walk in the bay on your way out of church. Yeah, sure, yeah. You know, you yeah. might as well see what starfish are in the water at that time. I, exactly, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Got all of our plans uh-huh. down there. And, of course, yes, I'm going to be... And I hope, hope you guys make it out. Miss Mary told me it's um, snowing so thick she can't see the ground right, right. now. Now, so here's... Hope, well, the nice we... thing... <laughs> If the forecast holds tomorrow morning, and I leave really early, it's going to be Mm -hmm. uh, just no wind and clear skies first thing in the morning. 
That's okay. my you escape put the window. Skis, yeah. The skis on the um, vehicle, and it just <clears throat> takes you right down the hill to the airport. No, the vehicle skis down a hill. It's all on its own. I just oh, okay. <laughs> just stay inside. All right. <laughs> see you Saturday. All right. Then. See you soon. All right. All right. So that's my week. So, you know, see, what happened was my niece, my oldest niece, had a baby. And she demanded that her favorite uncle, yes, I am the favorite uncle, and no, I am not the only uncle, come down there and spend some time. And so I went looking for plane tickets to do this. And I'm I'm very serious about this. When you go to travel, my sister and brother-in-law came up last summer to visit, or a couple of summers ago to visit here. And they did it right in the middle of the peak of the tourist season. And so plane tickets to leave where they are in Florida, and then they went to Denver. And from Denver, they took a flight up to Wyoming, right? And that was really expensive. But if you wait for the right time, so literally I found round-trip tickets from Wyoming to Denver to Tampa and back, and I only spent a couple hundred bucks doing it. Because I'm between holidays. I'm leaving at a time when the airlines have pretty much nobody on those flights during the lull. You look for those times. You can can fly just about anywhere. I mean, really stupid cheap. That's when you set this up and do it. Okay. Promised I was going to pick on San Francisco. That's next. Wake up, Wyoming. Interstate night. You do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Hey, 36 to touch. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven. W O O D. Let's talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. I like collecting. I've been doing this all my career since I was. I started in this business at age nineteen, and I've been doing this ever since. The internet makes it really easy to do. I collect fun audio clips, and with social media today, people are getting really creative and putting all sorts of fun video together and so on. And sometimes it's great to make fun of other people. There's a woman on social media who put up a video. Uh, The story goes, the gist of it is, so somebody's dog was being attacked. So he grabbed a gun and shot the person that was attacking his dog. And this woman is trying to make the case, you would shoot somebody? a human being to defend your dog, that means that you value your dog's life over a human being? So this guy created a video response. That's part two of what you're about to hear. Shoot someone because they try to steal your dog? That means you value a dog's life? Yep, sure do. Okay. (laughs) My My dog's a member of my family is basically what he's trying to say. So somebody was uh, basically trying to steal and abuse a member of his family. So, yeah. All right. Um, Hey, Judy out there. Judy, of course, likes to call in from Casper from time to time. Judy is in the trucking industry here in Wyoming. Here's a head. This is going to make her head explode. Feds want to put tracking devices on big rigs. Government could access data whenever they want. Well... And once again, they would have to do this at the owner's expense, right? Yeah, of course. 
All right. So, and I wonder, there's also a freedom and liberty question here, too, about being tracked. But okay. The Department of Transportation is proposing a new rule. Now, once again, a rule like this doesn't go through Congress. Remember what I've told you. When it comes to rules and regulations, they're laws just written by bureaucrats. And we don't have to go through Congress. So they want a new rule proposing that would require all commercial trucks used for interstate commerce to install tracking devices that would transmit local data and other personal information to police whenever law enforcement requested. Roger King, owner of Cowboy State Trucker in or Trucking in Kemmermer, said it's hard enough to find drivers and putting federal tracking devices on trucks would be one more reason for people to find other jobs. Nobody likes Big Brother looking at your every move, he said, in reference to government surveillance figures like George Orwell's 1984. King said trucking companies would have a financial interest to operate safely and follow the law, so he doesn't see the need for the proposed law here. Now, according to the Federal Register, the growth of commercial vehicle industry outpaces law enforcement resources. So the tracking device would allow law enforcement to make timely and informed decisions to support their mission-critical operations, so they say. And the trucking industry is highly regulated as it is. You wonder why things are so expensive. We have supply chain shortage. The list goes on. In fact, I've talked to several truckers throughout the years, and some of whom quit the business. They love trucking, but they quit the business. Just because it is so difficult to get anything done. It's not just your federal regulations. There's state regulations. There's local regulations. And all of that costs a lot of money. It's so regulated they can't get anything done. One trucker called me a few years ago. He was uh, somewhere in Colorado, around Denver or whatever. And somebody had said, hey, I have a load of something. I forget what. Could you deliver this load from where you are up to us here in Nebraska? Simple gig, right? And he had to turn it down. All of the rules and regulations and fees and so on, he would have lost money at it. Not because the client wasn't offering him a good amount of money to deliver this stuff. But by the time he got done through all the rules and regulations and et cetera, et cetera, it was cost prohibitive for him to do it. And, and if you're wondering why the economy is not doing so well. Okay, so the story says trucking industry highly regulated. However, drivers and the companies they work for already have to provide a wealth of information to regulators. This includes roadside inspections at port entries, drug testing, background checks, checks for drivers, and so on. In this case, though, the question would be, is this constitutional? So the Fourth Amendment requires government to obtain a warrant before entering a private space to gather information. And the warrant has to be based on probable cause. So in other words, no, government cannot just show up to your house, your car, your cell phone, your wallet, your purse, whatever, and just say, let me look in there. I'm going to look in there and root around looking for something to violate you with. They're not allowed to do that. There's a reason that we have these kinds of restrictions on government, so they can't do stuff like this. 
since the law would require private companies and drivers to supply private information whether or not they're breaking the law, some question whether it would pass constitutional muster. I also just take a look at big government in general. I mean, we're talking bureaucracy, writing law once again. This does not go through Congress. It's just the bureaucracy doing this. So the explanation for the purpose of the law, U.S. Department of Transportation said, the devices would allow law enforcement to identify high-risk drivers. Police now spend some time, they said, doing unnecessary roadside inspections, and the devices would introduce the time they spend on that by automatically letting police know if they're violating by driving too long. And there's, with the story, dash cam video of a driver falling asleep at the wheel. The register does note that there are grant programs to help companies install the devices to their fleet if they're forced to do so. A trucker with a hazmat rating who hauls mainly within the state of Wyoming, says that his truck will notify the company if he drives or if he brakes hard to avoid an elk or something like that. So his company keeps track of him, but that's your company keeping track of their interests, not the government in this case, right? In one case, footage of a truck cam was used as a safety video driving since uh, 1986 when there was no GPS. Over the years, the surveillance of drivers has become so complex and compliant, most of them are used to doing it as just part of their job, said one guy. So we have to take a look at this. Is I, I have a problem with a couple of things. One of them is, again, here's the bureaucracy saying that this is what we want to do. It, it doesn't go through Congress. But still, it's also a violation of rights. That you're innocent and we will be looking at you Anytime that we want to and surveilling for whatever reason, anytime we want to. And that's where I have a problem with that. And so this is the trucking industry is an industry that is way overregulated as it is. I don't mind some safety regulations. I think that's important. There's a book I've mentioned before called The Rule of Nobody. It makes the case basically you can have so many rules that you've actually made whatever you're doing less safe rather than more safe. I know that Grandpa Rich is telling me they already track big trucks with Qualcomm. Oh, we're talking much deeper than that. Oh, okay, Phil and Cheyenne. I will go ahead and let uh, KGAB know. Cody and Laramie, great place toward the middle of the... Oh, okay, he's talking about a movie he and I were in a conversation about. I'll let you... I'll I'll answer you, Cody. It drives me nuts that Cody is in Laramie. Cody, can you move to Cody? That would make more sense to me. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Eight forty nine is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to David Settle, who's got sports lined up for us. So when you were coming back yesterday, you drove all the way from Laramie to Du Bois and back. Now, how long does it take to go one way? Okay, so I, I was I actually drove to the Lander Riverton area on Tuesday, and then oh. I was up there the last three days. I I got up yesterday morning, 
uh, to go talk with uh, coaches and players with those uh, with the Dubois High School girls and boys basketball programs. Okay, I left at about I it, it was about an just takes about an hour fifteen from Riverton. Right, and uh, then I mean when I was driving, I had no service uh, after a, a certain point of time, and I got to Dubois and had no cell service back up there. It's it, yeah. I didn't see much of the drive going up because it was dark, but coming back, it's it's really pretty country up there. Yeah. Oh, it's really beautiful. Up there. That drive. Yeah, you're right there next to the Wind River Mountains, and then yeah. kind of across from the Wind Rivers, it's a little bit of a different landscape out yeah. there. So yeah. it's a unique drive up there on uh, Highway. But, see, here's US. the real question, though. On the way back, it was really windy. It was at your back. How much gas did you save? Uh, I, let's see. It pushed me from Shoshone to Casper pretty good, but then going from Casper to Laramie was kind of a side wind at yeah. times and then a, a push at other times. It was kind of iffy. Okay. It was kind of half and half. Because I wouldn't time. Okay, I had to go between uh, Cheyenne and Casper and back, right? Right. And on the way there, I had a tailwind, and when I got there, I looked at my gas tank, and I'm like, pfft barely used anything on the yeah. way back it was the same exact conditions but i'm driving into the wind and dear god did that cost me yeah i experienced the same thing a lot of times i go i drive between laramie and cheyenne yeah. going to cover high school games and going from laramie to cheyenne i'm getting great gas mileage sure. you know probably yeah. 45 <laughs> miles per gallon with the tailwind but then <laughs> on the way back i'm now, getting like 15 miles a gallon i have a theory when you're up above Cheyenne and coming down that big hill and you have a tailwind, you should have more gas by the time you're at the bottom. I just <laughs> talk to Einstein. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. Both Wyoming basketball teams will be at home over the next couple of days. The Wyoming Cowgirls begin a three-game homestand tonight at the Arena Auditorium as they take on Montana State. 6.30 at the AA. You can listen to it on KUWB and Laramie. Cowgirls are 3-3 three and three in the season. They split their two games at last weekend's Tiger Turkey tip-off out in Stockton, California. Montana State is 4-3 and three in the season. They're the preseason favorite in the Big Sky and led by a pair of all Big Sky performers in Darian White and Cola Bad Bear. But Montana State has a 12-9 advantage in this series. And uh, this will be the first meeting since the 2018-19 season. Uh, the Cowgirls have won each of the last four at home against the Bobcats. Uh, head coach Heather Ezell knows it's going to be a difficult task. She was asked about her team. She says there's still more to learn with this uh, group. Just still trying to figure out where some scoring's going to come when, when Allison's not getting going or, or Quinn's not showing up. Obviously, we've seen what Grace has been able to do uh, for us, which is huge, but still need a, another player to step up in that role when, you know, hey, things aren't going well. Who else can we get to, to get in that scoring column? Um, and then for us, it's just continuing to develop, you know, on the defensive end. Uh, obviously, that's where we hang our hat, and uh, we can continue to get better at that, especially our young kids just understanding the system. The Cowgirls against Montana State is tonight at 6.30 at the Arena Auditorium. The Wyoming Cowboys return home for the first time in 20 days, hosting Grand Canyon tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Arena Auditorium. One thirty coverage on K2 and Casper and Y95 in Laramie. This is the first of three straight home games for the Cowboys who are three and four overall. They've lost three straight and four of their last five. The Antelopes are six and two on the season. Wyoming head coach Jeff Flinder's squad played better on Wednesday in the overtime loss to Santa Clara, and he says we're trying to build on the shot making we had in that game. I'm glad that you know we were able to make shots against a, a good defensive team. I mean, uh, one of the better defensive teams uh, in the country based off the numbers thus far this year. And so for us to kind of execute the game plan, 
not knowing whether we were going to have Maldo or not. And I thought our guys did a tremendous job and they, and they got the shots that we needed to get. And when we go back and watch the film, I thought there was a lot of shots that they got open looks. And, and for the most part, our guys did a good job of knocking them down. By the way, at halftime of both the Cowgirl game tonight and tomorrow, they're collecting stuffed animals, driving to Memorial Hospital. So there's a little teddy bear toss at halftime. And Wyoming sophomore defensive end Devon Harris has been named to the Ted Hendricks final watch list for the 2022 award. And Wyoming Wrestling's out in Las Vegas at the Cliff Keen Invitational this weekend. That is your sports this hour. Thank you, David. We'll do it again one more time next hour. Coming up on the local business we have to take care of right after local business. Update on your weather forecast. And then, did I do that right? Local business, news, national, local weather forecast. Yeah, that's all lined up right. Then it's you and me again. Open phones all the way. Oh, and we do have one guest, an author I haven't talked to in a while. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. You're hired. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. More Americans than expected heard that last month. 263,000 jobs were created. And while that is down slightly from October. Analysts had expected to see roughly 200,000 new jobs added in November. The unemployment rate held steady at 3.7% as expected. Demand for workers is continuing to outpace the number of unemployed people looking for work. But companies in technology, entertainment and real estate have been hit with a series of layoffs this year. Fox's Lillian Wu, Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, tells Fox Business it's a tricky time in the economy. In yeah. past downturns, we've had recessions. Uh, there's been a whole host of different reasons. In this particular case, you have a pretty strong uh, stock market. You have very strong job growth. Right. You have wages going up. Now, we do have a strong stock market, he says, but it's down for the year. And again this morning, the Dow is falling 198 points and the Nasdaq is losing 110. President Biden is now touting what they've just done to avert a railroad workers strike. Communities could have lost access to chemicals necessary to ensure clean drinking water. Farms and ranches across the country would have been unable to feed their livestock. And thanks to the bill Congress passed and one I'm about to sign, we've spared the country that catastrophe. And he did sign that bill a moment ago, forcing unions to reject a tentative contract. They had rejected that contract to accept it. The president is not committed yet to running in 2024, but he's backing changes. The Democratic National Committee is considering this weekend to change the primary contest order. It's expected the body will approve giving South Carolina first in the nation status, jumping ahead of New Hampshire, which historically has hosted the first primary in the nation after Iowa's first in the nation caucus. Under a proposal, sources say President Biden backs Hampshire and Nevada would go second and third. That's Jared Halpern. America's listening to Fox News. Smith & Wesson is committed to empowering Americans no matter what. With inflation hitting everywhere, we've decided to make a change. Now, you can buy a Smith & Wesson Shield Plus, our most popular concealed carry firearm, at an all-new low price, $100 off MSRP. We're absorbing the costs and passing along the savings to you so you don't have to compromise on personal security. Visit smithandwesson.com to find a Shield Plus near you. Smith & Wesson. Always expect the best. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. 
Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News, brought to you by Wyoming Rib and Chop House, home of the baseball cut sirloin. Law enforcement agencies in Laramie and Albany counties made 108 traffic stops and four arrests during November 12th border war impaired driving enforcement operation, the Wyoming Highway Patrol says. Sergeant Jeremy Beck says three of the arrests were for impaired driving and one was for controlled substances. Beck says 25 speeding citations, three seatbelt citations, 40 other citations, and 54 warnings were also issued. Fortunately, there were no fatal crashes reported during the operation. On Tuesday, Wyoming's two senators gave opposing votes on the Respect for Marriage Act with Cynthia Lummis voting for it and John Barrasso voting against it. The bill would officially make same-sex and interracial marriage legal and would repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, which after being passed in 1996 made same-sex marriage illegal. After passing the Senate 61 to 36, it will go back to the House of Representatives due to changes made during its passage in the Senate before it can go to President Joe Biden's desk for a signature. It had previously passed the House 267 to 157. While the Defense of Marriage Act was made unconstitutional by Obergefell v. Hodgson in 2015 because of the statements made by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas after the repeal of Roe v. Wade, lawmakers were concerned that Obergefell would be overturned. During the debate on the bill, Lummis took to the floor to talk about why she supports the bill even though she believes marriage is between one man and one woman. Lummis said that it's important to pass a bill like this because of the amount of intolerance that currently exists in the country. While Barrasso didn't make a statement on the Senate floor about the act, Gabby Hurt, press secretary for Barrasso's office, said in an email that, quote, Senator Barrasso believes marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the way he voted in the Wyoming State Senate, and that's where he stands today. A judge has lifted a temporary restraining order that limited wolf hunting in Montana, saying there is nothing to suggest rules now in place will make wolf populations unsustainable in the short term. District Judge Christopher Abbott also rejected concerns raised by environmental groups that harvesting up to six wolves just outside Yellowstone National Park could harm the park's wolf population. Tuesday's decision dissolves a temporary restraining order Abbott issued on November 16th and restores the hunting and trapping rules the state set in August. The rules allow for the killing of up to 450 wolves in Montana. Individuals are allowed to take up to 20 wolves. Reporting from Cheyenne, I'm Joy Greenwald. Legislation to avert a freight rail strike in the United States is headed to President Joe Biden's desk. A bill to avoid the strike won final approval Thursday, clearing the Senate in a bipartisan vote. The bill will bind rail companies and workers to a proposed settlement that was reached between the rail companies and union leaders in September. From K2 Radio News, I'm Sam Hout. Try something different for the holidays this year. The Lamb Guys have a boneless top round roast that'll serve five to six. Get more than one. You'll want leftovers. Order now at lambguys.com. Mostly cloudy with snow likely as a fast-moving Pacific front will bring an area of snow through central Wyoming mainly early in the day, tapering off by afternoon, windy and colder, temperatures mid to upper 20s. Quick one, up to three inches of snow could fall. Clear tonight and cold, low single digits and teens, highs on Saturday.
9.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Now, I am off next week. So there's all this holiday, you know, just vacation time that is built up. And one thing I do like about the company I'm with here is you're going to take your holiday time. Oh, you are going to take it. You got days off that have uh, built up over time? Well, you're going to take them before the end of the year. And uh, they'll just about kick you out the door to make sure you take your holiday time. Because they want everybody to get out there and relax and recharge and so on. So that's me next week. And you'll have a bunch of replays. Also, remember, you can use the Wake Up Wyoming app for a couple of things. Old programs are on the Wake Up Wyoming app. This show becomes a podcast when I'm done live on the air. So all you have to do is download the Wake Up Wyoming app for free. You'll see on the toolbar there, on the app, on the left side, on demand. So you touch that and you see old episodes. Condensed. We get rid of the news, a lot of the commercials and so on. It's condensed. Also, Wyoming altered states. That's those uh, in-house comedy bits we create. Miss Mary is releasing season two of Wyoming Altered States, and you can go ahead and listen to that anytime you want and share it with your friends and so on. All right, I do have someone I haven't talked to her in a while, but I'm glad I bumped into her at an event and asked her to come on the program. Coming up just a little bit later on this hour, Mary Fitchner, author of Rusty, the Ranch Horse Series. This is an interesting collection of kids' books that are created right here in Wyoming a mother-daughter venture. She'll be on to talk for just a few minutes. But first, I decided just to read a headline to you just to make your head explode. If you needed something, because some people like to complain all day, this headline will help you complain about something all day. I Okay? If you don't like complaining all day long about stuff, and I actually don't, then just find something else to think about for a couple of seconds. Here's the headline. Minneapolis will pay $600,000 to protesters for injuries sustained in the 2020 George Floyd demonstration. Yeah, federal court, I, are, they, are they paying? I, yeah, I guess they do pay the police for their injuries. And what about all of the property damage? Is, are the protesters paying for the property damage they did? They barely got any jail time for that. A federal court Wednesday approved Minneapolis-Minnesota's agreement to pay 12 protesters a combined $600,000 for injuries they sustained during the 2020 demonstration over George Floyd's murder. The agreement settled a lawsuit brought by the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota on the reporter on the protesters' behalf and bars Minneapolis from arresting or using psychological force, including chemical agents, against people demonstrating legally. The Minnesota U.S. District Court injunction included the lawsuit Wednesday mandates body camera recordings for officers deployed to protest. Tear gas, foam bullets, and pepper spray has become weapons for intimidating and hurting protesters. This is a quote. Making it dangerous for people to exercise their First Amendment rights, ACLU said. Now, I would like to know exactly what are we talking about here? Because there were, to be fair, honest-to-goodness 
peaceful protesters. Those people did exist. Then there were those people who, well, again, you saw the kind of destruction that they caused, in which case on those people, I have no problem with the police doing whatever they have to do, deploying tear gas and foam bullets and things like that. Yes, to intimidate and drive these people back and let them know that what they're doing is not acceptable. Okay, so we will say I want in. I would like to see information on in this case what kind of protesters are we talking about, and I still would like to see the people who did damage. I I really want to see the people who we know did damage get a decent amount of jail time. Most didn't, and have to pay for the damage they did because there was a lot of looting and burning and so on. In fact, they should not just have to pay for it, as far as I'm concerned. They should have to go clean it up themselves personally. If I were the judge, that's what I would order. Okay, so there's that story. I'm just sort of doing some house cleaning here. One more for you. Different topic. When I was listening to news top of the hour, you were listening to local news. I was listening to more national news. Former President Obama has gone on the campaign trail again for uh, into... Um, Georgia because of our uh, the runoff election going on in Georgia and he was speaking to a crowd and he was doing what Obama always does the crowd was cheering as Obama spoke in very general terms and said nothing to give an example of this let's go back to when Obama first ran for president he ran on Hope and change and moving forward. Now, that sounds great, right? And anybody can agree with that, right? And that's the point. He's not actually saying anything. Hope for what? Guarantee you what he hopes for and what I hope for are two different things. Hope for what exactly? He doesn't say what. He just throws that out there because everybody pictures good things in their own mind. So everybody thinks, oh, he agrees with me. Change. To what? You want to change to what exactly? He doesn't say. So you will attach your own meaning to it. Now he's a great guy because he agrees with you. Moving forward to where? Just because you're moving in a forward direction doesn't mean you're going to a good place. What exactly are we talking about when it comes to moving forward? He doesn't say. Obama never says. He has been called a great orator. He's not. And whenever he gives a speech, I've noticed it's general terms without any definition of what he means for that very reason. Because it sounds like he agrees with you if he doesn't explain what he means by that. Also, multiple straw man arguments. He'll accuse conservatives or some phantom group that doesn't exist of saying things, doing things, believing things that nobody's out there saying, doing, or believing. And then he stands there and defends his own straw man argument, and the crowd cheers. Obama was actually very good at that, that kind of an argument, saying great things without saying anything at all. 914 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
Wyoming, sitting in the studio with me, Mary Fitchner. We were just talking about how we met a while ago. She is an author of the Rusty the Ranch Horse series, which first came out when? Um, we released our first book uh, in November of 2017. Okay. So. Been that long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and for those people who don't know, these are kids' books. Yes. Right. About an actual horse. Yes. Um, we started out with Rusty the Ranch Horse, and then we extended it to our little mini horse, Thunder. Mm-hmm. We call him the smallest war horse because he has all sorts of battles, the same ones that a lot of little kids do. And now we have some books about um, the donkey, Delgado, mm-hmm. we call him, and we just released two very, very successful cowgirl books. Right. Now, when you say we, that's because you're writing them, but... Yes, but my daughter is the illustrator, and honestly, that's been the most amazing part of this entire adventure, as I like to call it. Um, And to be honest, her illustrations are what attract people to the books, and then when they open them and find out they rhyme and they have life lessons and they're about horses, Mm -hmm. they a lot of people get really hooked. And then they take place right out here. Yes. So, yep. who, who are you going through to publish these? Um, we publish them through Ingram Spark. Okay. Yes, and I, I did that be, uh, for a lot of reasons, but right. they do a hardback at the time, and they were one of the few that would, and also wanted to pick my illustrator and have control over That's, uh, no, all the things. When we get off air, we'll talk about that, yes, because you okay. and I agree on something like that. Okay. <laughs> but they do look like a really good kids' book, hardcover book here. Where do you come up with the story ideas? You know, it's crazy. We just, uh, growing up with horses and in a Western family, and and my mom and dad were incredible storytellers, still are, honestly, but I didn't really think that much about that, but I learned how much I love stories and how stories change lives. And having horses, they, you learn more from a horse, if you're willing, than they will ever teach, than you will ever teach them. And so just thinking back over things that have happened uh, when my daughter rodeoed and, and um, the things that horses taught us. And so we just wanted to share that in a whimsical way that little kids would like. And um, so I don't, I don't really know where the ideas come from, but I, I just come up with an idea and I kind of... Um, develop it over time and it's interesting because I usually I've come up with the ideas and then my daughter just paints the pictures but the book we're working on now was actually her idea so I think it's going to be really okay. really fun let's go through some of the titles here that you have big yeah. stack of kids I got books. a big stack here um, the, our, one of our most popular ones is called The Heart of a Cowgirl and it just won the Will Rogers Medallion Award and it's all about how the cowgirl lives her life, um, the choices she makes, and her favorite dog and horse are on every page. So that's a really, really popular one. The Jingle Horse is really fun for Christmas, and, and it sounds Christmassy, although it's really based off of a story that my dad told me. He, he worked on dude ranches, and they would, he was the horse guy, and they would keep one horse in for the night one that they knew could be alone without too much trouble and then he would go out in the morning and gather the herd and the herd would all wear bells around their neck so that they could find him so that's why he was called the jingle horse so in this story he goes out in the morning gathers the herd one horse at a time not only do they all look different but they all have different gifts and talents Mm. and so in the end when they're gathered as a herd they make a really really strong team because they're all different 
and I think kids um, some gifts are more recognized in kids at right. school and things and I think that there's a lot of gifts that get not enough attention so I like to point out that every kid is gifted right um, and then wrong color rusty is we we did it last in the rusty books uh, kind of like the Star Wars theme it's the beginning of his life so he was born to two black and white paint horses and he came out orange and that's a true story we have a picture of him and his mom and dad in the front of the book so we assume that that maybe nobody knew what to do with him because you can't really show him at paint shows you can but solid paint you know it's a little different so he has to find his purpose and of course it turns out to have nothing to do with how he looks and it has a little butterfly on every page um let's see here do you want me to keep going yeah yeah do a couple more (laughs) okay a couple more so rusty and his saddle is very popular because it has the code of the west in the back which wyoming was the first state to write into law Mm -hmm. of course and i i love kids to learn about that so rusty saddles older and needs repair and the other horses have trophy saddles but he outworks them and so they learn about character over how you look and it's got the cow dog on every page highlighting an attribute from the code. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we have the Rusty's Cowboy book where it, it goes through all the reasons and meaning behind all the traditions of the cowboy. Mm-hmm. His hat, his spurs, his rope, and, okay. his, and his horse. And lastly, real quick, um, the donkey that never braid is newer. It's based on Code 8 of Code of the West, which is talk less, say more. Right. And that's a hard concept, you know. Well, especially for a guy like me. Yeah, for sure. I was just going to say, I don't don't like this concept, but nonetheless, (laughs) we tell it to kids. So I thought this would be a fun way to teach it. And so the donkey never brays, but he communicates um, all the different ways. And it's got a few little Spanish word mix, mixed in so that kids can learn some Spanish and a little bluebird on every page. Uh, so you, of course, now you're in bookstores, but there's fewer and fewer bookstores, right? So yes. where can people find this? Um, I'm actually in quite a few uh, gift stores okay. <clears throat> around the state. I also have my website, RustysRemuda.com. That's R-E-M-U-D-A. And we changed the name to Remuda. That's a, that's a Western an old western word for it's spanish for working herd of horses so com. but we're in uh several stores in the state we're in um king ropes in sheridan which i'm super proud of (laughs) and the shade tree here in casper a awesome store chugwater wyoming the mercantile they're looking for people like you. Oh, awesome. I yeah. will do that. Right across from the Soda Fountain. I know they would love to have books like this. You can also get them online. You were just heading up to Gillette, if you can make it today. Yes. Are you around for book signings, things like that? Yes, I do. Well, I'm I'm in a vendor show there. It's okay. called the um, New Life yeah. uh, Christmas show. I'm, I'm maybe not saying the name right. Gillette gets a mall. That's when they go to their little uh area the complex area yes and they open up and they allow all the vendors in that's what we're doing that's when yep. gillette has a mall that's, that's, a, that's, a, time, that's yeah. exactly what we're right. doing supposedly <laughs> at four today at the complex yeah okay give the website again here okay it's rusty's com, and okay. we have everything in stock we even have handmade 
plush horses and some handmade cowgirls now to to go with the books. Okay, so they can get all of this just in time for yes. Christmas. Okay, I mean, the clock's ticking on that. Yes, but yes, I can get them. Local, you can go ahead and just pack them up and send them off just in time for Christmas. Can they when they go to that website? I would bet then they can sort of browse the books online since they can't pick them up in person? Yes, for sure, for sure. It has a description of each one. Um, there's a discounted price if you order more than one, um, things like that. Also, please message me, depending on what town you're in. I do have some other stores that carry them, and I, I'm not able to list them all, but there's 307 Made in Cheyenne and some uh, Lander and um, mm-hmm. uh, Green River. And in fact, I've seen your books on the 307 Made in Wyoming yes. website. Yes, they are on well. there, too. Yeah. Yep, yeah. There, there are a lot of places. I just can't keep up with the stores sometimes, so they may not have everything. So, right. Thanks for coming yeah. in this morning. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much. We're coming up on some local news. We have to take care of right after local news. Update on the weather forecast. Then you and I again with some open phones. 888-97 Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Yeah, it's cold outside. It's going to be getting colder. It's that time of year. Have you changed your blinker fluid? Ma'am, I pulled you over because you failed the signal on that last turn. I used my turn signal, I swear. Has this ever happened to you? Have you been ticketed for not using your turn signal, even though you have? Have you checked your blinker fluid lately? Well, how about you check your local auto parts dealer for OK Blinker Fluid, an indicator lamp lubricant. With OK Blinker Fluid, your turn signals will work bright and smooth. And while you're there, ask for other OK engine products. Products, OK engine rotator splints, OK muffler bearings, OK piston turn springs to make sure your pistons turn smoothly, and OK hypertension headlight valves. OK products. For the person who knows nothing about their car, we have everything. OK auto products by Snake Oil. This is a time of year when everybody uh, starts dusting off those old recipes. You know, the recipes that grandma had, for example. Because you got to do your holiday cooking. Now, I've often made the case that holiday cooking, it, I know there's some things you only make during the holidays because they're special. But there's a lot of stuff that come out during the holidays I look at and I think, if we're not willing to eat it the rest of the year, then why are we doing this now and acting like it's a big deal? Especially when it comes out of Grandma's cookbook, which was always suspect. Okay, what's first? It says to start with a helping of flour, a handful of eggs, and a dash of salt. How much is a helping? Uh, it says here that it's more than a hunk of, but less than a whole mess of. So, maybe this one? Is there anything that has actual measurements? Yeah, it says you need eight cups of lard and four sticks of butter. We gotta go back to the store. 
When do we add this? Uh, it says apply bourbon as needed. To what? To chef. Oh. Uh. Okay, now we have the sugar, right? Um, we're gonna need the other bag too. What? There's no way that's right. I know. I know, Kevin. There's no way that any of this is right. Is it done yet? I can't tell. Well, it says not to leave it in there too long. I know. Well, I don't want to burn it. Nobody wants to burn it, Kevin. Well, how long does it say to leave it in there? It says bake in hot oven until done. Well, there it is. Grand Grand's famous sweet butter cake. I mean, I used to eat this all the time. How am I still alive? It's basically poison. I'll wrap it up for the party. You want to serve this to people? We gotta bring something. As long as I'm going back through stuff here to play for you, I came across something just now while you were listening to that. I haven't thought about this in a long time. There was a movie that came out many years ago called The Cheyenne Social Club. Now, for those in Cheyenne, you might remember the true history of The Cheyenne Social Club. But in the movie, uh, The Cheyenne Social Club was a house of prostitution. Anyway, I watched the movie thought it was great and there was one particular scene that i thought i need to cut that out and play it on the air respectable republican is that what makes america harley my folks were democrats john and look look where it got you a lifetime on the range and sweating in the summer and freezing in the winter and sleeping on the ground and fighting with wolves and the rattlesnakes no no harley there can't be a finer calling in the whole world than being a Republican businessman. I don't like to dispute you, Don, but did you always vote Democratic? Well, well, that was when I didn't know anybody. Carly, I want you to do me a favor. You don't tell anybody here in Cheyenne I ever voted Democratic. You'll do that for me, won't you? If you say so. Thank you. John? You don't mind if I still vote Democratic, do you? Just so long as you're not seen with me when you do it. Be bad for business. It sounds like a great deal to me. Okay, one last one for you. By the way, these bits, not these particular, but these, send me a copy of that when you can. Oh, okay. Oh, the interview. Gotcha. Yes, Miss Mary, I will. So, um, here we have uh, a whole bunch of bits that you're listening to, which are appearing on your Wake Up Wyoming app. All you have to do is go to your app store, download Wake Up Wyoming. On the toolbar, top left, touch on demand. There's old programs. This show becomes a podcast. But then also, Miss Mary's releasing, now season two, including many of these bits. You can play whenever you want. Here's one that goes back quite a bit. We're always talking, let's put this in air quotes, green energy. Have they thought about this? We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Ah, hear that? That's the sound of a founding father rolling in his grave. Spinning so fast, you can actually turn one of our massive state-of-the-art turbine generators. That's a lot of energy. Free energy if we could only tap into it. Here at Founding Fathers Electric, we've found how to do just that. Each time a liberal speaks, a founding father spins in his grave. What difference at this point does it make? About 1.21 gigawatts of difference, Hillary. Spinning a turbine that powers America. A State of the Union address alone can keep the Northeast warm and toasty through the harshest polar vortex. One Pelosi quote. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. 
for surge protectors. Since Ben Franklin was one of the first to experiment with electricity, he was one of the first we plugged in. Coming online soon on the East Coast, our 600-megawatt Jefferson Generator. So close to Washington, D.C., it will be able to power most of the East Coast. Founding Fathers Electric, turning filthy liberal lies into electricity since 1933. 9.42, Wake Up Wyoming. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Dave Settles. has been helping us out with sports during this time. So as you know, Dave, I'll be heading out to see this will be tomorrow that I take a flight down to Florida, right? Okay. Okay. And in doing so, you can imagine that as we get closer and closer to the end of today's program, my brain is more and more on vacation. Oh, that happens to all of us. Yeah, yeah. If nobody admits it, then right. you're just yeah, you're just in denial. Yeah, you're doing you're, yeah, you're doing time at work. You're not exactly working, right? Yeah. So, exactly. for example, example, I'm not kidding about this. While I'm talking to you right now, I have a video in front of me running. It is a young lady who is doing a handstand on two separate posts, okay, <laughs> and with her bare feet. She has a bow and arrow. The arrow is lit. Oh, Lord. and she's about to shoot a bullseye. That's a, that's some talent right there. Yeah, that wow. is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you you got the way. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, well, go ahead. I was just thinking that. So people are picturing me really busy doing this radio show here. <laughs> Not today, right? <laughs> Not today. Uh, uh, but what I was going to mention there is you got your wish. They finally shut down I eighty. <gasps> Did they? Uh, to, oh, to, let me go. Due to winter that up conditions and here. crashes. Um, right before I came on last hour with you, uh, I kid you not, I'm probably 40 to 50 feet from my vehicle. I can actually see it out the front door. Yeah. We had such a strong um, snow squall that I couldn't even yes. see my car out the front window. I did get, in fact, let me look up here. What was it? Uh, yeah. Kent in Cheyenne sent me a note saying exactly that, that, wow, here comes this call. Looking at I-80 now, it's closed. Now, you may have never heard before. Have you heard me play the I-80 is closed song? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. That is Eddie Delbridge of Rock Springs who wrote that. <laughs> and for those who haven't heard it, real quick. How the wind does blow is pushing in the snow. The wood is out of it has been closed. So it's officially happened now, and I think isn't that the first time this season? Uh, might be the so. second time. Might be the might second, be the time? second okay. time. Okay, might be the second time. Right. I drove through there on Tuesday, and right. I actually, um, and I know you were talking about this with Dawn Tuesday morning. Yeah. And I was paying, I was paying very close attention because I knew which way I had to travel. Yeah, and yeah. I beat right. I beat. The uh, wind picking up just oh, in the nickel. Oh, just uh, ju see, that's yeah. all that all the gas you could have saved. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. All right, thank you very much, Glenn. Well, first of all, we're about a week. Well, next weekend, high school winter sports starts, and we're talking boys and girls basketball, wrestling. That does include boys and girls this year. Of course, girls wrestling sanctioned for the first time. That happened last April, so they'll get their first matches officially in the high school ranks next weekend. 
Yeah, boys swimming and diving and Nordic skiing getting going next weekend. Preseason Wild Preps coaches and media, girls and boys basketball polls are out. Five of the eight defending champions start at the top. In 4A girls, it's Cody number one, followed by East Thunder Basin, Campbell County, and Natrona County. Douglas, the two-time defending champs in 3A girls are on top, followed by Lyman, Newcastle, Buffalo, and Mountain View. In 2A, it goes Rocky Mountain first, the defending champions, followed by Wyoming Indian, Tongue River, Burns, and Sundance. And defending champion Southeast in 1A girls is a unanimous pick for number one. They're followed by Cokeville, then Burlington, and Upton tied for third. Riverside is fifth in the preseason 1A girls poll. On the boys' side in the Wild Preps Coaches and Media preseason boys' basketball poll, East is the favorite in 4A, followed by defending champion Thunder Basin, then Cheyenne Central, Kelly Walsh, and Sheridan. Douglas is on top in 3A boys, then Worland, Buffalo, Powell, and Lyman. 2A has Pine Bluffs, number one, then Bighorn, Tongue River, tied for second, Wind River, fourth, Rocky Mountain, fifth, and in 1A, it's Upton, narrowly in front of Saratoga by three points in the balloting, then it's Burlington, Dubois, and Southeast. By the way, you noticed me said Douglas twice. Yes, both the Douglas girls and boys are ranked number one, and eight schools have both their boys and girls inside the preseason top five. Check it out at wildpreps.com and on the Wild Preps app. Cowboy basketball back in action tomorrow against Grand Canyon. Trying to snap a three-game losing skid. They're three and four. Grand Canyon comes to town six and two. Wyoming head coach Jeff Linder said, frankly, it's just been tough. We haven't lost three games in a long time, in a row in a long time, but you know, that's just where we're at. And as long as we just continue to, to fight and grow, um, you know, that's, that's all we can do. And I, and I thought we took a, a good step in the right direction. Now we got a very good Grand Canyon team coming to the double A on Saturday. Hopefully we'll have a good crowd that'll you know help us uh, find a way to try to win that game. That's a two o'clock start tomorrow at the double A coverage on key two and Casper one ninety five in Laramie. And uh, also you've got Calgary basketball starting a three game homestand tonight. That's at 630 as they take on preseason big sky favorite Montana State. The Cowgirls are three and three Montana State four and three coming into that one. And that is the look at your sports this weekend. And everybody, if you are traveling, travel safe. And that includes Careful. you have to be Florida. In fact, uh, social media, and I mean Facebook and other forms of social media, people in your area around Laramie and in Cheyenne, people all throughout that area, are posting videos of that squall you were talking about. Oh, it about. was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it was, I, I've, I've been around that and driven through some storms yeah. like that, but it was wow. That's serious White House stuff. Hey, have a great week. Thanks for filling in this week. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.